Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 157. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we have a special guest lined up, and that is Dmitry Fomachenko. Dmitry is the founder and president of Sense Financial Services, which is a boutique financial firm specializing in self-directed retirement accounts with checkbook control. Dmitry began his career in financial planning and real estate investing in early 2000. He owns multiple investment properties in various states and is a licensed broker in California. Over the years, Dimitri has taught hundreds of investment and financial planning seminars and has mentored thousands of investors. Today, we're going to be diving deep into a niche qualified retirement plan called the Solo 401k. So without further ado, let's bring Dimitri on today's show. All right, today I welcome on the show Dimitri Fomachenko. Dimitri, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, sure, Jacob. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Excited hey, to be here. It's our pleasure. Well, Dimitri, for those people who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the world of real estate investing and, and finance? Sure, we'll be happy to. Well, first of all, as uh, you and uh, your listeners can uh, say by my accent, which will stick with me till <laughs> my days, uh, I am uh, immigrated uh, in this beautiful country from Russia back in uh, 1996. So it's just been 23 years for me. So I, I've been here a little over half of my life and uh, uh, happy and excited to call uh, America my home. Uh, but uh, I got started in uh, real estate back in about 2001. Uh, that's when I purchased my uh, first uh, uh, property. Uh, about a year later, purchased second and leveraged those properties into buying uh, multiples of m more properties. And sure. then got uh, uh, full-time uh, uh, kind of transition, uh, working in a real estate investment firm uh, and then transitioned into starting my own business. Yeah. Okay. So you move over here when you were in your mid twenties and you start investing. And now I know you live in Southern California. Is that where you invest at? Uh, that's where I started investing. I, uh, um, I do not invest uh, here now because uh, numbers just don't uh, make, well, let me take it back. I, I do invest here, you know, as far as uh, I'm doing private lending. So I do have a number of private loans, uh, uh, that's secured by California real estate. Uh, but as far as owning real, real estate, I, I do not uh, own anything currently. I just sold the property about a year ago, uh, which uh, I more, more than doubled in value. So I, it's it's a good time to get out, I think, uh, not to get in. in this yeah, month. sure. Okay. Well, today we're not going to be focusing so much on your personal investments so much as we are this qualified retirement plan called the Solo 401k. So tell us a little bit about what that is exactly. Well, a, a Solo 401k is a qualified retirement plan and uh, it, it is a niche. And the niche is that uh, it is designed for those people who are self-employed or own a small business. And that includes many real estate investors. A majority of my clients are real estate investors uh, it can be realtors or people who uh, do in the real estate part-time or full-time, whether it's flipping or wholesaling uh, or even managing their own portfolios. And uh, if you are self-employed or uh, own a business, and if you do not have any full-time employees working for you other than 
uh, yourself and your spouse, then you qualify. And it's, it's really, really powerful uh, vehicle um, comparing to a self-directed IRA. It's much more powerful. And we can go over some of the details. Yeah, sure. And just one quick question right off the bat, Dimitri, is for those people who are out there listening, thinking, oh, I'm not self-employed. I have a day job still. Well, that doesn't necessarily preclude you from this solo 401k because you don't have to be a full-time self-employed uh, business owner to be able to contribute to this 401k. That is that right? You, you got it. You got it exactly correct. And uh, uh, in fact, the only thing that will preclude you from going this route or qualifying for a solo 401k is if you had a business uh, with full-time employees and uh, IRS definition full-time is over 1,000 hours a year. So if, you, if you're in a business and you have uh, employees that are on the payroll working over 1,000 hours, then the, you, you, you will not qualify. But if you have, a, I have many clients who have full-time jobs and they do running a side business. In fact, uh, you know, th this is for all those people that, like you said, who might be saying, well, this is uh, not for me because I'm employed full-time. I don't have any business or not self-employed. Uh, you got to think about this because not only solo 401k is beneficial as far as, you know, what it can do for you, but just going uh, in and starting your own business have number of other benefits because if you're working for somebody, if you have a job, then you got to think about it this way. You don't own that job. That job was given to you and uh, there is no guarantee you're going to have it tomorrow. So it's always good to have something else going on. So if you start uh, some kind of a side business, not only you can qualify for a solo 401k, but also you create an additional income stream. And uh, uh, I remember attending a, a seminar uh, many, many years ago. Uh, and it was, I don't remember the, the names, but two folks who wrote a book called ABCs of Making Money. And uh, they put the seminar. And one thing that I remember vividly from their presentation is multiple sources of income. And uh, that kind of stuck with me. And uh, I've been focusing on that personally. It's good to have multiple sources of income because if you lose your job, you, you have uh, maybe some investments going on that paying you passive income. Or maybe you can have some, some side, some side uh, business or self-employment going on that you can rely on. And eventually you might develop that into full-time, you know, from that perspective, uh, working for yourself has many benefits. I, uh, I, that's what I've been doing for the last eight years. And uh, I, I mean, I, I don't even have enough words to describe how good that is. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, this solo 401k is a pretty unique investment vehicle. And it's one that's not very well commonly known. You know, many people have heard of at least a basic 401k, which is qualified through your employer. The solo 401k is designed for people who don't have an employer, but still want the opportunity to invest in a 401k. So kind of targeted and designed for that niche of people. Now, it just so happens that most real estate investors are actually self-employed to some extent in terms of their own investment property. So that's where it's really applicable to most of our audience members listening in today. I agree. I agree. It's a uh, design uh, with that particular group of people in mind. And uh, uh, many people uh, probably have heard about SEP IRA and uh, um, there are some similarities, but there are also some, some differences which make Solo 401k is significantly more advantageous comparing to an IRA. Yeah, and I'd like to dig into those, but really quickly, just kind of laying out the typical qualified retirement plans that are out there. Most people know the 401k, and then there's traditional in both Roth IRAs, and then there's this solo 401k that is. So can you kind of compare and contrast and talk about some of the similarities and some of the differences of the solo 401k? Sure. Well, uh, a traditional uh, 401k, if you work for an employer who offers a retirement plan, then you might uh, be offered that uh, option to participate in your employer-sponsored 401k. Typically, it allows you to contribute up to $18,500 uh, 
uh, of, of your uh, salary into this uh, plan. Uh, sometimes employer might uh, offer matching, meaning that uh, for every dollar that you put in, they might uh, offer to put uh, additional funds into that, which if you do have that, you, you it will be foolish not to take advantage of it because it's free money. For example, if you're contributing, uh, um, if they're matching 50 cents on a dollar, if you put in $6,000, they're giving you $3,000. That's 50% return immediate without yeah, you right. even investing. So, you know, it will be just foolish not to take advantage of that. That's why I'm telling uh, always my clients, if you do have that option, be sure to maximize your 401k contributions up to the match. And then you may consider other option. But so that, that's traditional 401k. On top of that, uh, it, it, you individually can uh, open an individual retirement account or an IRA, which allows uh, contributions up to 5,500. And it can come either in a pre-tax, uh, meaning your contributions are tax deductible and lowering your taxable income, or you can elect to contribute post-tax, uh, which is ROT, known as a ROT. And uh, uh, comparing the two, you know, obviously one is pre-tax, the other one is post-tax. But the beauty of the ROT is, um, while you, you're not getting any immediate tax benefits, all of your investments are growing tax-free and the distributions will be tax-free. So think of it this way. Would you rather pay uh, taxes on the seed or on the harvest? And, uh, um, you know, I would rather pay taxes on the seed if possible. Uh, I mean, there is more to it than just this, but, uh, you know, if you invest, uh, ROT is especially beneficial for younger folks uh, who have more years ahead of them to grow their investments tax-free. I mean, think of it this way. If you started a Roth IRA, you know, in your 20s or 30s, and you've got uh, 20, 30 years to grow that, if you contributed, let's say, uh, $50,000 into your Roth account over a period of 10 years, and you that grown into half a million dollars or maybe even uh, 2 million, uh, then all of the investments gains will be tax-free. So it is powerful. I, I think... Um, I personally um, also build uh, looking into this for myself. Uh, and what I've been doing is I've been maximizing my ROT contributions, uh, which by the way, Solo 401k has a ROT component allowing you to contribute uh, post-tax. Uh, and the limit is up to $24,000 on uh, a ROT contribution. So it's significantly more. Uh, so I've been contributing uh, uh, into ROT uh, previously, now uh, as my income grown, I'm looking for every possible way to minimize my taxable income. So I'm contributing uh, pre-tax to get the, the tax benefit now. But at the same time, I do have a chunk of money in my ROT, which is growing tax-free. So I think using a combination of a pre-tax uh, versus ROT is, can be very powerful. Yeah, and that's something I'd like to dig into a little bit, not to sidetrack ourselves from the solo 401k, but when trying to determine whether to invest in a pre-tax or a post-tax qualified retirement account, one of the things you're saying is as a younger person, maybe investing in that post-tax Roth IRA is the better choice because you've got a longer time for your earnings to grow tax-free. Now, another kind of filter I've heard people talk about is, do you think you'll be in a higher tax bracket or a lower tax bracket when you retire or when you're able to withdraw those funds? So is there any kind of validity to that filter in your opinion? Well, well, there is. The The only thing is that we don't know what yeah, uh, sure. the tax bracket is going to be. I mean, generally speaking, uh, taxes are not going down. I mean, we uh, recently got some tax breaks because of the uh, recent changes uh, in the legislation, but uh, generally speaking, taxes are probably going to be higher. So, uh, ROT definitely does make sense. But again, because we don't know exactly what's going to be uh, 20, 30 years from now, I think having a combination is good because you can basically, uh, you, you can have more freedom, more control because there are certain uh, years maybe you can 
uh, take more of the tax-free income and uh, other years might be the opposite. So I think having a combination is, is definitely powerful. I, I've seen people uh, with larger amounts, like half a million dollars, who are, those folks are closer to the retirement and they just kind of bite the bullet and convert half a million dollars into a rat. Uh, I probably will not do that. I probably will not recommend that. I mean, maybe taking a portion uh, does make sense, but converting all of that uh, is not. Because speaking of real estate, I, I intend to continue to invest in real estate. And um, as you and I know, and as probably most of your listeners know, uh, owning real estate comes with some uh, good tax benefits. So you can still have income and because you own real estate, you can minimize that uh, income and minimize your taxes. So I, I personally don't want to have just tax-free income period from my RAT 401k, for example. I do want to have some taxable income, which then I can use some real estate to offset. Yeah, sure. Well, that certainly makes sense. And that's a good point you bring up, Dimitri, is in my personal employer qualified 401k plan, I don't have the option to invest in single family homes in Oklahoma like I traditionally do. You know, I've got the ability to invest in small cap and mid cap and large cap US equities and things of that nature. So the the availability, what you're able to invest in these traditional 401ks is very limited compared to what you're able to invest in in solo 401ks. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So another thing that kind of jumps off the page when comparing and contrasting the solo 401k to the other qualified retirement plans are the contribution limits. They're much, much higher than the 401k and the IRAs. So can you talk about that? Yeah, that's uh, definitely one of the major uh, advantages that solo 401k has. The contribution limit currently in the year 2018 is $55,000 per year. $55,000 yeah. per year. Yeah, I, I, this is 10 times higher than an IRA. As, as I mentioned earlier, uh, IRA limit is 5,500. So this is $55,000. Now think of it this way. Uh, if you are uh, and if you own a business, maybe a real estate agent, right? I have many clients who are real estate agents, or, or maybe you're a, a flipper. You, you uh, buy, fix up, and resell properties, sure. and you, you're making good income that way. Well, if that's your business model, and uh, you also bring in your spouse, potentially together as a family, you can shelter over $110,000. And if you're over 50, that limit goes up additional $6,000 per person to $61,000. So giving you again, ability to potentially shelter over $120,000 of your income from taxes. This is very significant. I mean, think about this way. If you're able to lower your taxable income by hundred plus thousand dollars, what's going to do, what's that going to do to your bottom line? That's probably going to drop you to a lower tax bracket right? And you're going to pay significantly taxes on the significantly lower amount. So, uh, you know, the, the bottom line can be huge. So instead of uh, paying this money to Uncle Sam, you can put that into your own retirement account. Uh, you can get a tax deduction, you can save on taxes. And on top of that, because this plan can be structured as a truly self-directed plan, you can invest in what you understand you, you're not going to be confined just to the stock market which most of us have no control over and uh, we, we're just uh, here a few days after major uh, correction or ma major decline in the in the market that many folks experienced and you know if i don't know if any one of you had some kind of an inside that's, that's going to happen and you liquidated everything. Most people did not have that. And so uh, if you invest in real estate or do private lending or, or do other alternative investments, you can find something that you understand much better and you can control much better than the stock market because the, the truth is uh, us, we, we don't have any control over that. <laughs> you can play maybe some games and use some strategies such as, dollar cost averaging to minimize maybe the, the risk, but, but they're still there. 
Yeah, certainly so. So in the solo 401k, you're able to invest in a much broader asset class range. So you can invest in equities, stocks, bonds, like you typically can in the other qualified retirement plans. But in addition, you can also invest in alternative assets like real estate, oil and gas leases, art, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe art's not qualified. But could you go through some of those alternative asset classes that are able to uh, invest in through your solo 401k? Sure. And um, what you were talking about uh, is most people, when you tell them, hey, you can actually use your uh, IRA or 401k to invest in real estate, most people are shocked. They, they never knew that's possible. And the reason is because the uh, conventional uh, financial institutions and your brokerages and your stock uh, uh, broker or financial advisor, they basically condition you to think that way because that's how they make money off of you investing in the stock market. But if you look up the IRS code, you'll see that uh, 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 there is a lot more options for you to invest. In fact, IRS actually does not have a list of uh, permitted investment options. IRS has a list of uh, things that you're not allowed to do or not allowed to invest. And when it comes to investment options, the only investments that you cannot make with your retirement accounts, such as uh, IRA or 401k, is uh, collectibles. You mentioned artwork. That's actually something that you cannot invest in. Okay, got uh, it. Uh, any collectibles, anything that uh, consider collectible. Example, again, an artwork or maybe a... Uh, uh, stamps or coins, you know, things like that. Uh, and uh, also life insurance contracts. And uh, in addition to that, you're not allowed to engage in any transaction using your retirement account with disqualified person. And disqualified person is yourself, your spouse, your parents, grandparents, your kids, grandkids, and their spouses. So if you think of it, uh, this is a vertical line. Okay. so your ancestors and descendants uh, are in that in that group. You can go sideways, your, your sister or brother or uncle or nephew, uh, niece, uh, okay. So th those individuals are okay. It's only immediate family members. Uh, for example, uh, uh, an example of a prohibited transaction will be you buying a rental property with your uh, 401k and then uh, renting that property to your uh, to your daughter or to your parents. That's uh, okay. not allowed because you, your retirement account now engaging in a transaction because you, your lease is a transaction between two parties. Uh, that will not be allowed. Uh, so you're not allowed to engage in any transaction with disqualified person and disqual disqualified person is not allowed to provide any services or receive any benefits from your retirement account. So if your father is a handyman and you own a property, your father cannot work on that property. You have to hire somebody else who's not related. You're not allowed to do any work on the property yourself either because you are a disqualified person. I uh, see. Okay. Whether you get paid or not, you're not allowed to do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are some of the pros and cons to investing in real estate through a solo 401k like this? Well, uh, the, um, the the benefits of uh, investing in uh, real estate and not only real estate, I, I think that the major advantage of the self-directed solo 401k that you, you're not just limited to real estate. You can invest in virtually anything, like I said, except those a couple of items. There's limitless investment options. And when you're talking about real estate, real estate is a common uh, investment because most people understand this and uh, know about this. But again, when you're talking about real estate, uh, th there's many subsets of that. Yes. Real estate can be a, a single family rental property. Real estate can be multifamily or a commercial uh, property. Uh, real estate can be a development. Uh, real estate can be uh, you actually or your 401k being a bank. That, that's that's what I what I'm personally doing uh, is I'm using my 401k as a bank. I'm I'm a private lender, so I'm lending money to other people 
who own real estate and, and can get conventional mortgage, uh, and there is a demand for those loans, and I'm getting double-digit returns without doing any work. It's completely passive. I don't have to deal with the tenants. And uh, uh, you can also invest in a, a syndication deals or pri private placements. You know, all of that is under a broad uh, definition of real estate, but it can be many, many different things. I personally think that uh, real, owning real estate is great for you personally. You know, you personally using your own savings uh, buy real estate because you're going to get some some nice tax benefits and uh, um, uh, it's you, you got benefit of uh, potential uh, appreciation and value. But for retirement accounts. Uh, Again, depending on the deal, uh, real estate might be great. I, I do own a couple of properties in my retirement account. Uh, again, generally, I think it's better to do like private lending or, or invest in notes or, or not fund. But uh, uh, one deal I came across about five years ago, and it was a great deal. I didn't have any cash to do it personally, so I did it inside of my 401k because I had the money. And it came out to be a great deal. Uh, I had a nice cash flow on it. It doubled in value in five years. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and then I, my other property, I actually end up owning uh, involuntarily because it was a note. It was a, a loan that I made out to someone else and uh, they defaulted on the loan. They could not uh, basically continue and they agreed to deed the property over to me in lieu of foreclosure. So I end up owning that property. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, one of the questions you uh, kind of wanted to, um, uh, or, or you asked me ahead of time, and your uh, is you know one of the, the one of some of the best and and worst deals, and and that kind of lies into that. So if you'd like, I can I can go over that situation because I think that might be educational for some of your listeners. Yes, please do. That sounds like an interesting story. So let us know what that was like. Yeah. So basically, I uh, did a private loan to uh, uh, it's it's a company, and uh, uh, they, they had a portfolio of properties. Uh, I lent forty three thousand dollars. It's a property in Pennsylvania. Uh, it, it was fine for about two years, and then they started having some trouble, probably with the management. They could not manage their portfolio well, so they started paying late, and then uh, you know they didn't pay for a couple of months. So I uh, got concerned at first because I never dealt with that, but eventually I uh, was able to reach the owner, and we agreed that he's just going to give the property over to me. Well, this property is appraised at, at about $75,000. That's its value. And uh, I was getting about three fifty dollars a month on that, uh, uh, on that loan. And my rent right now is six seventy-five. dollars So, uh, you know, and that's the example of the, the worst case scenario when you're doing a private lending, assuming that you're doing a good due diligence. You know, the, the, the property value is there that you're lending on. So, you know, I, yeah, it, it, um, I had a couple of months of headaches while going through this process, but at <laughs> the end, I, you know, I end up benefiting more than I could even imagine because uh, property is worth significantly more, al almost double of what I invested into it and my cash flow increased. So I'm keeping that property as of right now because it has a good tenant and uh, uh, now the good thing that property is inside of my, of my rat uh, 401k. So all of the gains going to be tax free. But uh, um, eventually, you know, maybe if I'm start maybe uh, tenant moves. Uh, my goal is to sell that property and reinvest that into another private loan because I I really like uh, a passive aspect of private lending. Yeah. So that particular deal. Dimitri turned in from a potential one of your worst deals into now it's one of maybe your better deals. It's shaping up to be a pretty good investment for you, especially being there in your Roth. So all those capital gains you're going to realize are tax-free. So yeah, awesome stuff. It just goes to show the power of investing through a qualified retirement plan like this. 
Now, when we're talking about real estate investing, one of the big magical things of real estate investing is the ability to leverage the property with debt or borrow money from a bank or a lender like yourself to buy the property. Now, you don't actually have that option when you're investing through a qualified retirement plan, right? You can't go to the bank and borrow 80% of the property and a 20% down payment through your solo 401k. Well, it's uh, not exactly accurate because while you cannot get conventional loan, you, you can just go to any bank and get a conventional loan. And conventional loan meaning uh, that when you personally qualify and, and you, the lender is looking at you, uh, what's your credit worthness? What's your ability to pay the loan back? You cannot do that with a retirement account because you're a disqualified person. You cannot guarantee the loan, but you can get leverage and it's called a non-recourse loan. Non-recourse meaning that uh, when you borrow in uh, to buy a property, you personally not responsible for the repayment of the loan. Property itself is the only security for the loan. So it's it's a little bit more risk for the lender. Therefore, the the terms are a little bit different. Uh, typically, they, these types of loans, they require 30 to 40% down payment. So you got to have a little bit more cash and uh, uh, slightly higher interest rate. And I can give you an example again on a property in Phoenix that I purchased five years ago. Uh, inside of my 401k, uh, I had to come up with 40% down. And uh, I did a, a, a 5-1 arm loan because I did not intend to keep the property for a very long time. Uh, in fact, it's been five years uh, this past September and the loan had adjusted. Uh, my initial interest rate was 4.875, which is pretty good for non-recourse loan. And now it adjusted to six and one eight. So I'm still very good. I, you know, probably payment have gone up about hundred bucks, but uh, again, my property almost doubled in value. So I'll, I'll probably be selling the next couple of years. So I'm not concerned about this minor uh, adjustment, but again, you, you called the uh, get a fixed loan as well. So that, that is a, an option. And uh, um, so you can use leverage, you need more money, but uh, you, it's pretty straightforward process. If property qualifies, you can get a loan. Okay, yeah, so I stand corrected. You can use leverage. It's just in a non-traditional sense using a non-recourse loan. So you can't go to the bank and get a traditional loan because you would have to secure that personally and that would disqualify you through the IRS's rules because you would be benefiting the the investment, right? So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, in terms of tax advantages of investing in real estate, is there any loss of tax advantages when you're investing in real estate through your solo 401k? Or does it operate just like it would outside of the solo 401k? Well, this is uh, just again, uh, when you say losing uh, or loss of tax advantages, it just, you, you're, this is comparing apples to oranges. Because, okay. <laughs> because what you're doing is, yes, there are tax benefits when you invest in real estate personally, because yeah. all of the income that you receive from the investment is taxable. So what you're using is you're getting some tax advantages to minimize your taxable income on that, uh, on that investment. Well, when you invest inside of a 401k, 401k is a qualified retirement vehicle, meaning it is tax deferred. So none of the income that you receive is taxable. Therefore, there is nothing to, you can't use the depreciation to offset the income because that income is not taxable. So it's just a midpoint. Yeah, so again, it's uh, um, generally speaking, let's say if you have $100,000 or, or whatever the number is, if you have some cash uh, personally and you have some cash in your 401k and you're looking at a piece of property, you know, single family residence to buy as a rental, I will say, go and buy that personally because you're going to get some tax benefits and uh, property uh, will produce some tax deductions for you going forward. Uh, if you have that option, the, the issue is that most people don't have that choice. You know, people have uh, $100,000, $200,000 in their IRA or 401k. They don't have that kind of cash sitting in their savings account. Sure. So, they, you know, they don't have that choice. 
and so the choice that you must make is what will be the best decision for your situation. And again, the options are as follows. You can leave it in a traditional IRA or, or 401k and invest in the stock market again. You have no control over that and it's a risky proposition. Or you can set up a self-directed IRA and you can either buy a piece of real estate if you can find a good deal or you can do private lending or you can invest in somebody else's deal, you know, as a syndication or, or maybe invest in a trusted fund and get 12% return on your money. You know, it's very predictable, very stable, a lot uh, lower risk. So that, that's the kind of, uh, you know, consideration you need to look at. You, you don't necessarily want to compare that uh, with buying personally. If you have the ability to buy investment property personally, do it. Of course, you should do it because, you know, real estate is a great investment. But you, you, you want to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Yeah, right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, Dimitri. And you've really cleared that up. So yeah, appreciate that. Now, when we're talking about investing personally versus investing in your solo 401k, you actually have the option to do both by being able to borrow from your 401k, right? Uh, yes, although uh, uh, solo 401k has a loan feature allowing you to take a personal loan up to $50,000, just like a 401k that uh, you have at your employer, it's the same feature. Uh, um, you, you can buy up to 50% of the, the balance. The loan can be used for any reason, although I just want to make sure that if you're considering doing that, you got to be careful and you got to really look at the numbers. You know, you don't just want to borrow money from your 401k and then invest this money. You know, the loan feature really works best for some some other needs. I mean, if you really need some cash and maybe it's a family emergency situation, uh, if it's an IRA, you, the only way you have or option you have is to cash out. When you cash out an IRA prematurely, you're going to have to pay penalties and taxes both on state and federal level. So you may end up losing 40, 50% of the amount that you take out. Well, 401k allows you to take a loan uh, it's a five-year loan, and then you 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 know you pay that off without any tax and penalties, uh, no, no consequences like that. But you you don't want to take the money out of the 401k so that you can invest personally because uh, think of it this way: you're uh, taking the loan from the 401k, which is tax-deferred vehicle, and now you're personally going to invest, and this investment you're going to have to pay taxes on. So you're going to have to pay the loan with after-tax dollars while you could have invest inside of a tax-deferred vehicle and all of the gains and all of the income from that investment would have been sheltered from taxes. So, I mean, some people, uh, you know, they get excited about uh, borrowing from the 401k to invest. I don't think that's the best idea. That there's better ways to use the money. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're saying you're saying don't pull tax deferred dollars to invest and then pay that back with post tax dollars. So yeah, what I'm saying is you you don't necessarily want to pull it out to invest. I mean, if you need a loan, you you get the loan. You know, yeah, you 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 exercise that option. You take the loan if you have some kind of a situation where you need cash. But what I'm saying is you know, you probably don't want to just borrow the money so that you can invest personally because you're going to have to pay with after-tax dollars. And the loan payments uh, is probably going to be higher because it's a five-year loan amortized over five years. And and you probably can make the numbers work just by personally borrowing somewhere else, even if it's at a higher rate. But, you know, if you can invest, for example, I can, I can, all day long, I can do a private loan and I can get 12% plus interest uh, on my money. You know, why would I take a personal loan at about 5 or 6% and not have my money work for me? It just financially doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, every situation is different. You got to, you know, no, no one situation is you know, two people situation is the same. You know, you, you got to look at your own situation and, and talk to talk to our people, you know, talk to experts like myself who can help you think this through and uh, 
this way you can make the best decision for you for your particular situation yeah definitely so when you're talking about you know making sense of the investment here good segue into you and your company at which is sense financial services and you and your company or your firm there help people set up and invest in their solo 401k accounts that is so tell us a little bit about how you help people and what people can expect if they want to come over and learn more about what you do there Sure. We, we actually, um, we don't invest for people. All we're doing is we're providing the investment vehicle. Uh, and uh, let me use this illustration as one of my clients uh, put this, and I think he so eloquently elaborated this. Okay. Uh, and he said that w- what we did for him is we put him in the driver's seat of his retirement account. That's what we're going to do. So if you need a vehicle to drive, we're going to build that vehicle for you. We're going to give you the keys. You're going to sit down at the, at the driver's seat and you're going to take off. Uh, we're not going to be with you on the driver's seat. We're not going to tell you what to invest in. Again, this is for responsible people who uh, want to take the, uh, you know, want to educate themselves, want to make their own investment decisions. We're going to be there for you. We're going to uh, help you and guide you when it comes to uh, uh how to use the this vehicle, but we, we don't offer investment advice. We just provide you with the vehicle. Uh, I'm an investor myself, so I, I'm gladly uh, will uh, uh, talk to my clients and kind of brainstorm and, and help them maybe with a little bit of wisdom that I have. But uh, ultimately, you want to make your own investment decisions. Yeah, awesome. Well, Dimitri, it's been fun kind of talking with you about this solo 401k. It's a re- it's a qualified retirement plan that not many people know of. It's a little bit of an unknown to a lot of people. It was me just a few short months ago. I recently heard about it, started researching it, looked online, and everywhere I looked, your name popped up. So I knew I had to bring you on the show and talk to you about it. So thanks so much for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Now, as we're wrapping up here, we've got a lightning round. We ask every one of our guests, are you up for it? Sure. All right. Awesome. Well, the very first question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what did you do to overcome that? Well, uh, for me, again, it was back in uh, about 2000, 2001, uh, maybe 1999. That's when I first learned about real estate investing. And uh, for me, the difficulties was I had no experience. I had no money. So how I overcame that is, again, just uh, being... uh, uh, wise with my money I was working and had just uh, my regular salary. So I was saving uh, and uh, working on my credit so I can uh, qualify for a loan and uh, also going and networking, uh, learning about real estate investing by uh, going to s- some local seminars and uh, talking to other investors. And regardless where you at, you know, at least in the U.S., you can find some kind of a networking opportunities uh, that you can drive to, uh, or e- even nowadays you can uh, you can do it online. You can uh, uh, subscribe to podcasts like this one, and uh, there are many others that you can be in your car and you can listen and you can educate yourself. Yeah, I love it. Well, Dimitri, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? Well, for me, I think uh, the biggest one is determination. Uh, I, I uh, just looking at my life, uh, uh, I tend to stay focused on my goals. So if I if I made certain uh, goal or certain decision, uh, I'm going to be diligent to making that happen. I think uh, by doing this, uh, if if you apply this, uh, if you learn to be determined, then you can uh, reach your goals regardless what that is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dimitri, do you have an online resource that you find valuable in your day to day? One resource that I uh, find uh, very valuable is biggerpockets.com. This is an online uh, community for real estate investors. And uh, uh, there's a lot of education there, a lot of uh, forum discussions. Uh, I benefited personally a lot uh, from that, met many uh, people who became friends, I think it's a great resource. 
Yeah, I would say almost everybody listening to the podcast right now, if I had to guess, has at least heard of Bigger Pockets. If it does, if it doesn't yet have a profile there, but I've got to bring something up here. I checked your profile out on Bigger Pockets, Dimitri, and you are one of like thirty or thirty-three people who have what is it, a ten thousand post club there. So you are very, very active. I know they have over a million members, and you are in the top thirty-three people in terms of posts there. So. Really impressive accolade there. <laughs> I've been uh, active there for the last about four years, maybe. I, I, first, when I joined, I was not active, but then I uh, kind of plugged in. So I spend some time daily there. That's uh, how, how I get uh, a good portion of our business. Uh, we have about 500 uh, clients uh, who came from bigger packets, which is 25% of our total, about 2,000 uh, clients. Uh, and, uh, uh, I think it's a great community. I, you know, I think I do provide some value in that, uh, results, uh, or, or shown in the results that we get in, uh, our phone is ringing, but, uh, uh personally just, uh, you know, as an investor, when, when I have a question or, uh, when, when I need something, I can go there and I can ask questions. I can uh, get a lot of input. So I think it's, it is a great, uh, resource. Yeah, certainly. So it just goes to show how determined you actually really are. So, <laughs> well, Dimitri, next question. What book would you recommend to the listeners and why? Uh, there are a number of books and I'm actually not a big reader. I, I like personally, uh, I, I like to listen. So it's a lot easier for me to listen. So either audio books or podcast, I, I enjoy that. I think I, I get... Uh, a lot more, but uh, one book I can definitely recommend that stood out is uh, Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, he also wrote uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and and the reason uh, this uh, book is because of the concept, the cash flow. Uh, as as uh, did you read that? Yes, book? I've read it. Yes. Yeah. So you know there is a four uh, ways you can make money as an employee, as a self-employed. Uh, as an investor and as a business owner. So uh, I'm happy to report that I am on the right side of the cash flow quadrant. I, <laughs> I did not start there. Uh, I do have investments that work for me and I receive passive income and I build a, uh, a business system that works for me and I don't have to be there. So um, I think it's very important. I'm uh, I'm going to be 45 uh, this coming February, and I reached financial independence because of uh, applying these uh, principles in this book. Yeah, that's Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad Poor Dad. He's written many good books, and that's just one of them. So yeah, we'll definitely link that book in the show notes for our audience members to pick up. And like you mentioned, uh, audiobooks. I love listening to audiobooks as well through Audible. And for our members that don't yet have an Audible account, I'll drop a link in the show notes. You can go over there, sign up for Audible, and if you do, you'll get your first book for free. So you can make that cash flow quadrant. Well, Dimitri, wrapping up, very last question in the lightning round we've got for you is, if you were to give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started in real estate investing, what would that be? Well, I started in my 20s, and uh, uh, some of the mistakes that I made uh, is, uh, uh, gosh, I, I can talk about this much longer, but <laughs> basically, uh, I think uh, I end up uh, over-leveraging and uh, I end up actually losing some of the properties that I initially started. And uh, I, I think uh, just looking back, uh, the reason that uh, I was in the situation that I was is probably agreed um, was driving me. I, um, and that's the, that's the advice that I want to give back to myself. If I was to start, then not to be greedy. You can, you can achieve wealth in real estate, but uh, you don't want to rush into that. It's, uh, it's not a get-rich-quick. Um, so make sure you just have uh, good goals and uh, also be careful with leverage because leverage is a great thing. But uh, if you're over-leveraged, which what happened to me, then uh, that can actually come back and bite you. Yeah, I love it. Well, Dimitri, hey, it's been a lot of fun having you on the show. For the audience members that would like to learn more about you, maybe explore and learn more about this solo 401k, where can they reach you and where can they uh, you know, learn more about what you're doing? 
Well, uh, definitely they can go to our website, sensefinancial.com. And uh, on that site, uh, you will find uh, links to all of our social media profiles, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, uh, as well as bigger packets. Uh, if you're a bigger packets member, I'd love to connect with you there. Uh, we do offer a, a, a free complimentary consultation to all of your listeners. So if you want to chat about your situation, completely no obligation. I, I love talking to investors. And uh, uh, if that's something that uh, we can help you, we would love to help you. Uh, we only work with those people who need what we have to offer. But uh, it's, um, we'll be happy to chat with you. So feel free to reach out. Yeah, sure. Okay. So that's sensefinancial.com. We'll link that website in the show notes for our audience members to go check that out if they're interested in connecting with you and learning more about the solo 401k. Dimitri, as we're wrapping up here, is there any last minute parting piece of advice you'd like to leave with our audience members? Well, uh, you know, the last uh, uh, kind of reflect on our, on our conversation, uh, tax-free and tax-deferred growth. You know, if you if you kind of keep that uh, in mind as you invest, as you do your own financial planning, tax-free and tax-deferred growth uh, can really ad- help you advance in uh, on your journey to financial uh, independence and, finan- and financial freedom. Yeah, I love it. Well, Dimitri, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show today and sharing all this information about the Solo 401k. It's been a lot of value and ton of great content. Look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yes, thank you, Dimitri. Take care. All right, well, that wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Dimitri Fomachenko. Dimitri provided a ton of great resources and actionable content around implementing a solo 401k in your own personal financial planning. Well, if you'd like to go over and check out what Dimitri and his team are doing at Sense Financial, you can visit their link in the show notes. And when you do, make sure to mention that you heard about them on this podcast for a 10% discount on all of their services. For more information, resources, and to connect with me, you can visit www.jacobayers.com. Till next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.